You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, episode 72. Today's Tidbit Tuesday is in response to a listener question about how to approach composition when it comes to creating natural abstracts. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hello, my friend, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. I hope your week is going well so far, and thanks so much for sharing a part of your day with me, learning about photography. Today, we're talking about a kind of photography that I've been exploring more lately in my own work, and that's natural abstracts. I've been intrigued by abstract photography, especially natural abstracts, for a while, But I only recently started to spend more time attempting to create abstract photographs. And I admit, I have found it to be quite challenging, but in a way that pushes me to stretch my compositional skills and my understanding of composition. This week's listener question about abstract composition comes from one of our avid listeners, Paul. And as you know, I love hearing from you and learning about what questions you have about photography and the outdoors. And so if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast or you have a topic to suggest, just click the link in today's episode description or go to outdoorphotographypodcast.com and click the button to record your message. All right, now let's listen to Paul's question. Hey, Brenda, Paul Rodden here. Um, I am finding myself um, drawn towards abstract photography lately. And I was wondering if you had any tips or advice as to um, composition of abstracts. I look at Jennifer Renwick's work in Reverence Death Valley, and I'm just amazed at what she does. But I don't know if any of the normal rules of composition apply when you're doing an abstract. Anyway, um, it would be great to hear that on a Tidbit Tuesday topic. And um, I love your show and thanks for everything. Thank you, Paul, for this great question. And I completely agree that Jennifer Renwick's abstract work, along with David Kingham's in their joint monograph, Reverence, is just exceptional. Both David and Jennifer have been guests on the podcast, and I'll link to their interviews as well as to their monograph in the show notes should any of you want to check them out. Let's start off by defining what we mean by abstract photography, at least in terms of our conversation today. So in a very basic sense, abstract nature photography differs from other kinds of photography like macro photography or even some small scene photography and that there isn't a sense of scale and the subject or the object that's being photographed may not be identifiable. Abstracts distill a composition down to the main elements of shapes, lines, colors, and tones, and these can form relationships that result in areas of contrast, patterns, flow, and balance, whether that's symmetrical or asymmetrical balance. And just a little quick side note, if you want to learn more about achieving balance in photography, I'll put a link in the show notes 
to a previous Tidbit Tuesday where we talked about the different types of balance and how to achieve them. An important part of Paul's question was whether the rules of composition apply to abstract photography as well. And in studying composition more closely over the last couple of years, it seems to me that there are basically three schools of thought out there around composition. One, always follow the rules. So an example of this would be to always fill the frame or never center the subject or only shoot during golden hour and that sort of thing. Or two, learn the rules like the rule of thirds and then learn to break the rules. Or three, there are no rules of composition, just go by feel. And these different schools of thought in isolation can be kind of confusing and somewhat misleading in my opinion. But if we take a step back, I think there is something that each school of thought is getting at, which I've started calling the unifying theory. And that is that compositions that are built on a foundation of relationships that result in balance and or visual flow are the ones that we tend to find the most compelling. After all, composition in its most basic form is simply an arrangement of elements and that arrangement creates relationships. So how different colors, lines, shapes, and tones relate to each other in the frame will determine the balance and visual flow of a photograph, regardless of whether it's an abstract photo or not. So however you decide to arrange these elements, whether that's by following a rule of composition or just going by feel, if it's resulting in a balanced photograph and or one with visual flow or movement, then I think it's more likely going to be a compelling and impactful composition. The approach that has made the most sense to me when it comes to thinking about composition is to have a foundational understanding of how our brains work to make sense of visual inputs. We are neurologically and evolutionarily programmed to make nanosecond interpretations of our visual environment. So the key question to ask when composing is, where does our attention go? And we can learn some key concepts about where our attention goes from the field of visual perception. Visual perception is basically just how our brains take visual stimuli, organize it, and put it into context in order to interpret it and assign meaning as soon as our eyes and retinas sense that visual input. So the way we can lead a viewer around our photograph is by controlling where their attention is going, starting with knowing where our eyes tend to be drawn first. So for example, our eyes tend to go to brighter areas over darker areas, areas of higher contrast, whether that's tonal, color, or textural contrast, and we tend to perceive warmer colors before cooler colors. And if you want to learn more about these concepts of visual perception, I encourage you to listen to my interview with Colleen Minnick back in episode 19. She was one of the first photographers who introduced me to some of these ideas earlier in my photography journey. And so I'll link to her interview in the show notes. So how do we go about forming these relationships between lines, colors, shapes, and tones to create an abstract composition where there is balance and flow? Well, one way to approach this is by what Sarah Marino, another previous guest on the show, discusses in her excellent ebook, 11 Compositional Lessons for Photographing Nature's Small Scenes, where she discusses the concept of structure. 
And we also talked about structure in her interview back in episode 13. So I'll link to both of these so that you can check them out as well. But basically, structure refers to the core arrangement of elements in the frame, the scaffolding, as Sarah puts it. So think about like if you were to squint and blur your vision a little bit, where would the major lines or areas of contrast be or the brightest colors? What are you noticing first in that kind of blurry vision? Are the core elements in the frame balanced in some way? And if not, can you rearrange them and create new relationships? This concept of structure is useful for creating photographs of small scenes, but it also applies to abstracts and finding patterns and order in an otherwise chaotic scene or subject. An additional resource that I'll point you to is by another previous guest, Aaron Babnick, who published two articles on the Photo Cascadia website about different types of compositional patterns found in nature. And they are super helpful to consider when creating abstract images as well. So the bottom line is that the same principles of composition when it comes to visual perception and creating relationships, balance, and flow apply regardless of whether you're composing a grand landscape or an abstract photograph. And a beautiful thing about creating abstracts is that you can use any subject and turn it into an abstraction. For example, I had some fun recently making abstract photos of my puppy Cedar's whiskers while she napped. I used a macro lens and put it actually a little bit out of focus and was able to create photographs that were just simplifications of line and color. And while they're not photographs that I would personally enjoy hanging on my walls, They were an excellent exercise in visual flow and got me to ask, where are the lines taking my attention around the frame? And how can I position those lines to make them more effective? Is there balance and flow? Can I create cohesion throughout the image with some structure and so forth? Abstracts are not easy to execute. I can attest to that. I'm still learning myself. But I think if you want to challenge your compositional skills Abstract photography is a great way to practice these various compositional concepts. By playing around with them or practice, 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 you'll start to get a sense for what works and what doesn't work and what appeals to you or not. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this Quick Tidbit Tuesday. As always, I appreciate you and I hope today's episode inspires you to play around with abstracts as part of your photography practice. If you're interested in learning more and diving deeper into these concepts around composition and visual perception, stay tuned because I am in the process of updating and improving my Compose with Clarity virtual workshop. So listen out for future announcements about that. And if you want to learn more about the workshop, just go to composewithclarity.com. And if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll be the first to know when it will be offered. You can find the links and all the other information mentioned today in the show notes at outdoorphotographypodcast.com slash 72. Thank you to everyone who has supported the podcast by leaving a rating and review, buying me a coffee through the link in the show notes, which is like a podcast tip jar, or has just shared the show with a friend. I really love producing this podcast for you and each of these ways of support helps me to continue to do that. So thank you so much. Next week, I'll be sitting down with landscape photographer Ben Williamson to chat about his work as a photo editor and staff photographer with Down East Magazine, his recent decision to go full-time as a freelance photographer, what motivates and inspires creativity and connection with the landscape, 
and a whole lot more. So be sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss out on this or any of our upcoming episodes. And until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.